Hello and welcome. Today's date is uh, April 6th, 2017. I almost said 16 because sometimes I still make that mistake. And welcome to the second installment of The First Cut. This is Danny VNCR here, and I'm joined here with uh, with Red Llama, Evan Halfman. Evan, say hello, would you? Hey. He's <laughs> a man of few words. And uh, today, we're exploring a, a different territory of music. We're discovering, Evan, what are we going over today, Evan? We're going over the, the uh, world of dark ambient music. Well, not the world of it, but just a... Uh, just skim the layer. We're the going over. Layer. We're going over one of the shavings of a continent of dark ambient. Yes. Okay. So Evan, you have prepared a list of dark ambient music for us. Why don't we? Why don't we go ahead and, and get into that, and I'll let you describe some of these artists. Okay. So uh, no, yeah, basically, um, dark ambient. Uh, I wanted that to be my initial. Uh, exploration because it's sort of a genre that if asked I would say yeah I like that I like dark ambient but I mean I don't really know anything about it I uh, I don't know a, I have a handful of artists who I, I respect in the field in the uh, in the world of it but um, I figured it would be worth giving it a shot to see if there are any more worthwhile artists especially on Bandcamp, where let's be honest, a lot of Bandcamp is kind of uh, average at best. So that's, that's putting it very, very nicely, in my opinion. So yeah, I figured I'd take a, a short amount of time to find some uh, uh, some artists who uh, or projects that um, sort of uh, uh, tickled the whatever you know. <laughs> the mental ivories. The ivories. So, oh, basically, first off here, um, there's this uh, uh, band artist. Oh no, I, I didn't read the description, but um, the project is called Melanohelios. Yes. And uh, uh, the album is called Void Acoustics Two or Eleven or II or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, this is a. a this is a, a fun one. This one kind of, uh, I feel like, uh, was the, um, I guess, sort of an, a nice entry into dark ambient. It's sort of um, an epitome. It's, uh, it's not really innovating. It's not actually innovating, like, really at all with the... Um, with the term or the ideas, um, but I actually was surprised by like this by this one. I did like it. Um, I think. I mean, I made some notes on what I liked about it. So, I mean, I like when it comes to dark ambient. I like uh, for these projects to play around with atonality and um, uh, non melodicism and minimalism and you know, preferably no rhythm. Um, so uh, this one kind of did that nicely, I think. Um, listen to the whole thing, which it's there are some longer pieces on here for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Void Acoustics Eight, as we can see, is almost twenty-three minutes long. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a, a longer thing. Um, 
Uh, I'm not going to be so reductive as to say uh, that it's background noise, because it certainly isn't. No, I mean, no, is, definitely. Um, but that's one of the things I really like about Dark Ambient, too, is that it can be a passive listen, it can be an active listen. It depends really on how you treat it and what you get out of it. And I mean, I think it's one of those genres, too, that so many people are quick to just be like, this is fucking garbage, this isn't even music. But it's really one of those things that if you try and explore it and open your mind to it and just really give it a try, um, it can be very musical. And uh, I, I actually really enjoyed this album myself, too. Uh, I'm sh I'm curious to get your take on that I that idea that the atonal, a melodic, uh, and arrhythmic music. A lot of people seem to think just isn't music. Well, I figure um, when I'm looking into this sort of music, uh, I mean I don't want to feel comfortable. I don't want to feel like I don't want to feel like I'm at home with it. I mean, I, I already listen to and and work on like rock music with with beats and with rhythm and melody and harmony and and all the trappings of uh, modern popular music. I feel like when I listen to something like this, I, I there are a handful of things I want out of it, and definitely one of them is a um, the sort of a, an explorative uh, mindset. And, I mean, this one definitely does employ some tropes that that I think are overused. I wouldn't say they're cliches, but... Um, sure. Uh, for one, the drone pedal tones. I always find drone pedal tones uh, to be kind of insipid. So when you have the constant... Right, right. ...through a piece, that can be... Some might call it hypnotic. I just kind of call it boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the things I, I noted down here that I liked was um, in track three, which is a uh, nine, but Q six nine. Yeah. Um, there was like this uh, interesting sort of spoken word part, but it's like a sample. It sounded like a sample of something old, and I found that really interesting. I, I like uh, when dark ambient can sort of uh, be married with uh, um, like. Uh, found sounds and field recordings and sure. and uh, sort of sound collage and that's always interesting to me. Um, I guess my my real beef is with any dark ambient that is purely glacial or droning. Uh, with me, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of of I mean I like classical music. I like or at least music that's inspired by classical music that has movements and can shift very comfortably from one thing to another without you know having to take 20 minutes to do it right right my big thing i'll say in um well firstly to your point you know you said you like um those little idiosyncratic things of like you know uh classical influence and um the, the sampling and whatnot I'm reminded a lot of our mutual friend, uh, Obsidian Needle, who actually creates a lot of his drones. I mean, he uses synths a lot, but he also uses his natural voice a lot. Uh, Obsidian Needle is also on Bandcamp, too. I'll leave a link in the description for him as well, but um, we won't be reviewing him today because I think that's a little biased and unfair. Um, but uh, he uses his voice a lot, and it's, it's actually very fascinating to see 
him do what he does. I was I was uh, lucky enough to have him on my other show, The Green Room Tapes, which you were not there for in this case. Um, and got to see him do it live, which was really, really cool, really special. But um, the other thing I was going to say, too, was in the idea of uh, when you said there's just kind of that, that drumming, or not drumming, droning, uh, humming kind of thing, it's boring. To me, I think that's kind of the big thing that I would say it's lulling to me. It just kind of like, it's like hypnotic, like you said once earlier. Um, and that to me is the big decident difference between like dark ambience and ambience is that ambience is lulling. It's supposed to give that security, that peaceful wash over feeling. Dark ambience, not so much. Like you said, dark ambience should make you feel uncomfortable. It's about being in a weird space. I want to feel like when I listen to, and this is going to be corny, but I mean, I feel like when I listen to a good dark ambient piece, I want to feel like I'm in, I don't know, Iceland or something, and it's it's dark out, the sun is just about to go under the horizon, I can't see but 20 feet ahead of me, and I hear wolves growling in the distance. Yeah. Like, I want, I want to see, like, glowing eyes, and I want that feeling of... Uh, of um, almost fear. Oh, definitely fear. Um, um, so yeah, that's that's sort of my my picture. I yeah, like my picture to me, dark listening to dark ambience just always feels like I'm staring into the void. It's just completely dark and abysmal and unknown. I guess and yeah, you're that... not really supposed to kind of understand what it is that's going on or what's listening to. And yeah, sometimes it does create. Uh, fear reactions and um, I think that's great I mean I, I let's play horror games so I'm very used to putting myself uh, into fear for the reaction and for the experience of it so the idea of listening to something that also creates sometimes that sense of terror uh, balanced with a sense of lulling and spatiality uh, I think is is ecstatic before we get a little too far gone, uh, let's wrap up on Melanohelio's final thoughts and then we'll get on to our next artist. Evan, final thoughts and the score you would give for Melanohelios. We're going to do a 1 out of 10. But, but, let's say 1 this. to 10? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> one Be between, between 1 and 10. But we'll do that specifically in relation to uh, the genre. Yeah, yeah. Typically, yeah. So when I think of dark humans, I guess I think of like raison d'être. <laughs> Excuse my French. Um, or my literal French. Um, and like base communion and uh, sure and stuff like that. So, uh, it, in relation to those things, it's not really similar to those. It's it's in its own world where it, it does obviously by the imagery of the artwork, which I do like the artwork. I, I like. Uh, I like how minimalist it is. I, I like the minimalist artwork. I like the fact that if you look closely, it's you can tell it's actually like a, a like a uh, print or a scan of like an actual as far as i can tell of like of like an actual piece of film or something yeah i mean um, yeah you can see the the film grain on the sorry, very very left i like that kind of grimy look to it i like the i actually do like the logo i do uh, too it's actually, kind of corny it's, but it's kind I, of uh, kind like of black it. metal yeah it has a black metal look to it so with that aesthetic put together and like the way this kind of flows through um i hadn't thought about giving this a score before so um 
in relation to its to its own genre and its faithfulness to uh, dark ambience. Give it an eight, eight out of ten. I would probably I would probably give it me personally like a six or a seven. Uh, I'm gonna go with a six and a half. And the reason I say that is not that I don't like it. I mean, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually, but it's kind of like you said, it didn't bring anything really like nuanced or severely different to me. It just kind of feels like it, it's a little better than it just falls into place. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just kind of like, it, it, it is that, that epitome of dark ambient to me. When I listen to it, I'm gonna just go, yep, this is dark ambient not like whoa who is this and that's that's kind of my my big thing i guess so it's very good but it just it feels kind of um mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say standard that sounds so mean um but it, it just feels like it's it's a long i'll just say it feels like it's it's shaving with the grain yeah the themes of uh, of the void and space and and cosmic uh, you know the cosmos, like th- those themes, are kind of worn worn down a little for me. So I agree. So that that's why I guess it doesn't get a higher score. But okay, yeah, that's that's a thing for me. Yes. Okay. So let's go on to the next one, shall we? Uh, the next one, Evan and I listened to. Wow, this whole album is only four dollars. That's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways. This next one uh, Evan and I listened to was uh, The Great Ghost by Auberge, and I'm going to let him uh, describe the artist itself. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, this one uh, definitely gets a, uh, I mean, I know I should save my score to the end, but this one definitely a 10 out of 10. This one's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was definitely the uh, the best one I found. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I, it's hard to even know where to start with with this one how much i like it for one uh as i just look at the album cover the aesthetic is great mm-hmm. the aesthetic I is strongly great agree. um uh and and by aesthetic i mean i don't mean just literally the uh the album art but the sound and uh sort of just the um the usage of of uh of of words and song titles and how everything kind of flows together um it's really, very classical very, yeah very classical so that's I definitely like that about it for two the fact that it's a it's a concept piece body of work um, that's something that's I, I can't say it's unheard of in Dark Ambient because I don't I don't know Dark Ambient I'm not an expert um, so this is something that's definitely novel to me um, and I found that extremely interesting that that to me is a um, definitely take it, it for me, it takes a genre that is typically um, more concerned with um, wordlessness and and you know just a uh, concerned with the void and just um, you know there's no story or theme or anything attached to this. It's just um, you know it's just uh, music. But what I like I, about I like that oh, sorry, this, yeah, go ahead. well yeah I like that this has. Um, an idea has yeah a, a concept exactly. that, it, that it sticks to um so it's it's more like more like you know a, a, an actual it's more like a record i mean yeah no absolutely and that's actually what i was going to say that i i really enjoyed about it myself was that um it, it does feel, so to me it almost feels like when you're listening to dark ambience as a whole it almost feels like there's 
somewhat of an active effort to make music but not relate to it. So to make music that cannot be relatable, uh, which is a very hard thing to, I would say, not only to have musically, but to do musically. Because you have to really feel the feelings and you know know the words that you're going to say that you're putting into music, proverbially, of course, at least in this case. Um, so it's very um, strange for me to empathize with someone making music that is not meant to be empathized. <laughs> um, so that's one of my my big um, fascinations with Dark Ambient, but also one of my biggest drawbacks is that I don't feel like it's really meant to be understood or empathized really by, by any any capacity. This album, I feel, was different in that way. That this one did have a concept. It was meant to be felt and understood, even if only barely and vaguely. So I'm reminded of, um, of course, I can't think of any authors off the top of my head, but the, you know, real writer's use of creating extremely vague uh, imagery that you are then left to put together yourself. So this this feels like it has a base for the imagination. Whereas I think Dark Ambience typically is meant to not have anything to hold on to. This has enough that you can kind of create imagery in your own mind. And I think that's I think that's really special actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it it should definitely be a, a mentioned about this since obviously we're not going to be playing any clips which is kind of a bummer but i i know. strongly recommend listening to this one if you have any even slight curiosities about about dark ambience it, it's that's the thing with this it's not a phenomenal example well, of what dark ambience well, that's is. what i was gonna say is it, yeah, I was, yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna say um but it's, it's so tough that we can't good. we can't put clips in but uh the definitely the i think the biggest point to be made here is that uh this is definitely not traditional dark ambient. I mean, this is a. I mean, you could almost argue that it's not really dark ambient. I still think it is dark ambient yeah. because it it uh, it has the tropes. I think it has the uh, the criteria, but it it yeah. plays with um, it plays with sampling and it what it's sampling is uh, is uh, it has like these old big band tunes and uh, like gypsy like jazz, oceanic and, um, noise scapes and stuff. Definitely, it has um sort of a, a cold uh a cold like sampling vibe the same way that like you know vapor wave or something would would uh yes. sample a, a lot of um uh just distant music that's just that feels really detached and uh and adds there's a lot of uh record static and and uh uh tape hiss and stuff like that and like um uh, effects that create a pretty gnarly atmosphere that uh, um, yeah, I was definitely a huge fan of. Yeah, it is it is super good. I loved the little, I don't know if it was intentional, but the little subtle uh, vaporwave like foreshadowing of like we're definitely going to be covering vaporwave sometime in the near, well not in the near future necessarily, but sometime in the future for sure. Because I know you have some very strong opinions on vaporwave and uh, we don't need to get into that now, but you know, wink, wink, it'll be there in the future. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, wrap up on Auberge. Is that how you pronounce it? 
You're better I'm with your foreign languages than well, I Well, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say auberge. It's just, it just looks like auberge to me. You're probably right. Uh, you gave it a 10 out of 10. You stuck, you're, you're, you're on that, yeah. This, this is something that if I saw this record in a record store, I mean, I would definitely buy it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, honestly, like, I, I am fighting to not say 10 out of 10. Um, I'm going to, I'll say 9 out of 10. It is absolutely phenomenal, and it may be one of my real favorite pieces of Dark Ambient. Um, I guess my only slight reservation, and it's part of what I love about it, but my my only one point drawback, which is obviously not much at all, is um, it's not very traditionally dark ambient. Oh come on! I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, you fuck. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my only small withdrawal. Is not very traditionally dark ambient, but it's so good, and it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think all of the points have been said. Uh, if you like Bioshock, you'll like this. Yeah, that was my other big thing too. I felt so much like I was back in, uh, back in uh, Rapture, man. Okay, now let's get into our third artist. Ooh, look at, oh my God, look at that beautiful CD. Oh, and it comes on cassette. That's neat. Okay, so you go ahead and talk about this band. I'm just going to be looking through some shit real quick. Oh, okay, so yeah, this band, um, or whatever, artist, or... or artist is safe. Oh, it says person. right here. Sana Obruent is Paul Lopez. So it's a guy, yeah, artist. An artist. Um, uh, so yeah, this is, a, this is another one that only I listen to. And um, Well, this is the first one that you've only listened to in this case, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah thanks, is... Thankfully. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. I get what yeah, you're this saying. This is another this one. This is another one, comma that only I. Which to. only I have listened. To. Right. 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 Um. Um. <clears throat> and. Uh, um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually. Uh, uh, really like this one. So I, I like this one. Um, this was another just like. Um, uh, I mean, I didn't. Was certainly wasn't. Uh, doing like a lot of digging I wasn't uh, um, going out on the streets and uh, asking experts <laughs> like hey do you know like the, the the most underground most interesting dark ambient out there I'm just going on the discover tab on Bandcamp and, and going to uh, uh, new arrivals and going a few pages deep and uh, and my trick that I'm employing here to discover some of the stuff is like the same way I'd discover something if I was in a in a record store you know I'd I'd flip through the records or CDs or whatever, and right. whatever uh, uh, album cover I think looked the, looked cool enough, and or if the name was cool enough, um, uh, or if it was cheap enough, right. <laughs> I would I would pick it up and I'd be like, well, I'll consider buying this. So this is one of those ones. I saw that album cover. I mean, I think that I think it looks great. I, I love that uh, aesthetic. Again, that's that's uh, like I said earlier about. Uh, being surrounded by wolves standing out in the dark well, this one, snowy this one field really solidifies that idea like yeah. that that gives me this really cold um, mortal terror feeling yes um, certainly this one is actually uh, yeah really nice um, again I think it's sort of like uh, like the first one Million Million of Helios um, it uh, uh, it uh, it plays with uh, sort of those 
those uh, those tropes, those classic tropes of of um, uh, of just like pedal tones and uh, just open spaciousness. And, uh, but what I like first off, the thing I really liked about this one is that again, like Aubert's, it's like there's there's a concept to this album. Oh really? Um, yeah. I didn't so see that at all. so yeah, this one it, it I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. It has to do with like a horrible. Um, like tragedy that happened in a, like some kind of skiing accident in Russia back a long time ago, something like that. Anyways, sure. So again, there's sort of that um, concept to glue it all together, which I always like. Um, as far as like the, the sound goes, it's definitely very open and ambient. But uh, what I respect about this one that I, I found there was a, a more of an emphasis on acoustic sounds and not synthetic sounds yes. which I, I find um, typically if I'm going to listen to something dark ambient and I'm hearing synthy sounds and I'm hearing something that very blatantly sounds like it's just someone sitting in their bedroom with a little MIDI keyboard um, that's just not interesting to me that doesn't take me anywhere else when I hear something that sounds like it's Perhaps a field recording, or um, or playing around with with the weird samples or found sounds. So what you're saying is you don't like your ambient to be akin to dungeon synth. Yeah. So dungeon synth. I want to talk a little bit on that just real quick. It's dungeon cute. synth it's is cute. yeah, it's something Evan and I discovered here on the band camps recently. I don't know. Do you want to touch on that eventually? Um, it's kind of fun I, in its own weird maybe, way. I it's mean, it's bizarre. It's a very strange little I, thing. But Evan, I, describe I, Dungeon Synth to all of our beautiful people. I like uh, I like Dungeon Synth. Well, everyone already knows about Dungeon Synth. It's one of the most popular music genres of all time. So right. <laughs> so why don't you explain it to the three to four people that don't know what it is? So um, it's it's basically it's um, imagine like the corniest black metal album you can think of where like the intro song is like um like a little um keyboard that's playing like a little harpsichord tune that's going ding 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 in like either harmonic minor or phrygian dominant that has a um, has maybe some uh, weird little dark, like tape hiss sounds in the in the background. It's it's kind of like that, um, where instead of any acoustic instrumentation, it's all synthetic instruments, and it sounds. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say if I like it or not. It's it has a unique sound, but it's 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 definitely cold. Here's, here's my feelings on it. Uh, you ever been fingered at a medieval times? Well, imagine yeah. that, but in your headphones. <laughs> yeah. And so now, before we get too off track, Evan, um, Sana O'Bruent. Yes. Let's go ahead and get back on that. So, Homeboy <laughs> is German. Uh, I haven't listened to this, so I can't comment on it, but let's go ahead and close out on that. What do you think of the, what do you think of the album? What would you give it as a score? Final mm. thoughts. Um... Uh, well, I'm already sort of, from what I've picked, seem like the uh, Paulo Abdul of of uh, 
of scoring. So I'm just gonna honestly continue with that theme, and I'm just gonna give it another high score. I'm gonna give it like a like a nine or something. Damn, son. Well, no, I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. So that's that's equivocal to the first one. Yeah. I know well enough too to know that if you saw the shit on vinyl at Everyday Music in Bellingham, shout out to Everyday Music in Bellingham, this would give you an instant brainer. It would give you one of those uncomfortable, like you gotta take your sweatshirt off and uh, put it over your over your front hangings. Of course. Kind of brainer. <laughs> Sorry, that of course thing kills me every time. So no, I. I it's I, good. I'll give uh, I'll give more of a shout out to Avalon here because I feel like I'd see this more yeah, likely see yeah, this in yeah. Avalon. That's a um, good point. Uh, because they have a pretty nice little uh, little but Just nice. Go to Avalon Records in Bellingham, mm-hmm. Washington. They're really fucking great, and we love those guys. Pretty actually, much, yeah. Advice: going to Avalon. Walk into the front door and go to the left because to the right is just all the. All the, the smoke stuff. Unless you, unless you want, yeah, a, um, a nice bong. But if you want to uh, find some weird shit, they have a nice, like I said, little. It is definitely little, but a nice little avant-garde industrial drone, um, ambient, dark ambient section that is uh, that is fun yes. to go through. And also, go listen to Obsidian Needle, because I'll definitely post uh, his thing in this as well. It's also really good. I think you'd really like it if you... If you like what you've been smelling so far, yeah. Evan, closing thoughts to the fans and the people. Um, yeah. To your aspiring future fans. So, um, as I said, I guess at the start of this, my uh, um, sort of quasi review of this album from this artist, I uh, I'm definitely not a professional uh, music speaker. <laughs> I, I, I have thoughts on music, and that's pretty much where that train ends. Um, I'm curious about a few different kinds of music, and there are some kinds of music I know what I don't like, I guess. Um, but Dark Ambient is one of those kinds that uh, that I, I, I'm i just so torn. I, I like some of it. I really dislike a lot of it. Yeah, and, and I'm always that's just an willing to... That's an point. Oh, yeah, I'm always willing to give it a, give it a shot. So it's always, you know, if I have a, if I have a couple hours free one afternoon... And I've nothing else to do. I'll go try to find some interesting yeah. dark ambient. That's my big thing. I'll say with dark ambient is um, it's one of those things that literally anyone can make, but very few can make it well. That's mm-hmm. that's my big takeaway from dark ambient as a whole is that there's insanely few people that actually really make good dark ambient and everyone I know who is a dark ambient fan which to be honest is very fucking few people but everyone I know who is a dark ambient fan at least agrees with me on that is that most dark ambient music that people make as a whole is just total trash it's just literally somebody who's fucking around with their keyboard or garage band or whatever and they're like I think this sounds kind of cool what would I classify this as and then they come to dark ambient and it sucks yeah, so, yeah, no, no, definitely, I mean... So it's good to have sources that are reliable from people who are actual fans, I think. And I would actually strongly suggest, not to cut you off, I'd strongly uh, appreciate at, for that if uh, if any fans of the genre, comment your favorite dark ambient bands below well, Yeah, we can listen to that's, them. That's what I was going to say, but in a, in a more... Uh, um, uh, self-effacing kind of way like mm. if there's anyone 
here who's still crazy enough to be listening to this. Um, I, I, and and you feel like you you uh, are a, a big fan of the genre or similar genres. Please, I mean, I'm I'm totally open minded. Just say that 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 uh, Red Llama guy or that Evan guy was way off base and he has no idea what he's even talking that's a, about. That's a good point. Like too. I want to uh, know what people like in this in this world, this little niche. Um, yeah, certainly. A uh, world of. Uh, what Evan's saying, in short, is he's a sellout, and he wants to sell out as quickly as possible to the highest bidder, yes. or maybe even the lowest bidder. But closing thoughts: uh, go like us on Twitter. God damn, <laughs> you can find me at Danny VNCR. I don't know what your Twitter. It's just Evan Half, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't really recommend people go over there because I don't like, have anything on there. <laughs> it's just, just a stupid little personal. Uh, I probably have like. 10 tweets over the course of uh, five years. So. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like you'll probably make a Red Llama one eventually. Well, yeah, I'll like, probably hey. make a Red Llama one, yeah, but yeah. I would say go to my personal one. I have to say, though, definitely go to his personal one, if for the very least to see that grisly profile picture. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's very old. You had like a fucking half a foot long beard. It was crazy. Pretty, I'm pretty proud of it. But it's uh, a great picture. It makes a phenomenal album cover. And it really, it makes me look like well. It makes you look like fucking Charles Manson is what it makes yeah, you. Yeah, it makes like. me look. I'm um, look like I'm a definitely like a uh, some kind of black metal godfather or something. For real. So I'm still gonna leave that goddamn Twitter handle. When you come up with a red llama one, I'll change it. But, yes. but, of course. Thanks for watching, guys. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, follow us on the Twitters. And go listen to these fucking bands. They're really good. And buy that last band's out. Al- buy all of their albums. But that last band specifically, I mean, it was four fucking dollars. Come on. It's cheap. It's good. I'm going to buy it. Evan, do you have closing thoughts? Um, I'd love you. Good night, everyone. If you're, if you're drinking, drive home safe. Sober up first. And don't smoke meth. <laughs>